All right, the children can be dismissed. But before we do, let's give a hand to the one who was, is, and is to come. Let's give a hand to our Lord this morning. Yes, amen. Thank you, Jesus. All children can be dismissed through the side door on my right if you'd like to. That's the underage children in our midst. The little ones, not the big children. All right. Are you all excited to be here this morning? Yes. Come on, are you excited to be here this morning? Christmas is over. The New Year's on the horizon. At least one person's all excited about that. It's always one in a bunch. Always one. Sometimes two. Uh, This is an exciting time for us as we um, thank God for all that he's done in this year, all that he's still doing in the days to come. But also we look ahead on the horizon to see all that God has in store for us as we enter into 2020. Boy, that sounds a little scary. 2020. You guys remember when the big scare was out about the Y2K thing? Oh boy, it seems like that was just yesterday. All you guys were out buying bottled water and extra soup and all that stuff. I remember I was a missionary in Jamaica then and we just thought the world was just going to crash and we were stuck over there. Uh, But thank God for 2020 and for where uh, God's taking us. Uh, and our journey in discovering more of who he is and, and uh, what he wants to do in earth. Anyone excited about what God's going to do in your life in 2020? Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a good thing. Today we're, we're uh, wrapping up our series uh, on the Christmas invitation. And this is a great time for this particular story because it's a post-Christmas story as we look at the wise man. Someone say wise man. Wise but there wasn't just wise men. If we look back in history, uh, we learned that 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 Probably there were there was a whole entourage of people that traveled uh, from the east to see Jesus. So if you're here today and you're a wise woman or a wise child, you're part of the Christ story too. That's the good news. And so, but as we look at that story, it's a post-Christmas story. It's a story where we look and see that the wise men traveled from afar to go and see Jesus the Christ child who was born in a manger. But guess what? They arrived a little bit too late. Ah, oh, somebody say, oh boy. Yeah, you see, what happened was uh, they didn't have uh, a dream and the angels didn't come down like they did with the shepherds. In fact, these guys were wise men because they studied the things. They looked at the stars and they, they were people who were people of intellect and passion for, for what was to come. They studied the times and the seasons to come. And so they looked and they began to see that there was this baby who will be born one day in the city of Bethlehem, but they didn't know it was Bethlehem. They just knew that they were following a star and that they would get to the place and be able to bow down and to worship him. And so uh, this morning we're going to look at that story. I'm going to read through the passage really quick and then we're going to dig right in and we're going to find out uh, some of the truths that are that are deeply packed within this story. Let's look at Matthew chapter 2. If you're here and you're new, there's a pew Bible, a Bible in front of you. You can pull that baby out if you'd like to or you can follow along the screen with us. Matthew uh, is in the New Testament. It's the first book in the uh, second half called the New Testament there uh, in your Bible. Let's read it. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 3, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes and the people, he inquired of them where the child or the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophets. And then you see in verse 6 there what the prophet said, Back in the book of Micah, and it says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler. 
who shall shepherd my people Israel. And so that was the, the prophetic part. And then verse 7, Then Herod, when he heard this, he summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king... They went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into house, they saw the child with Mary's mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God indeed. And so as we look at this story, we see that Jesus was already unseen, right? He had already been born by the time uh, they arrived. And so we know uh, just from our own studies or looking back in in our own lives and hearing the the story of the Christ child, we know that Christ, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But however, these guys showed up in Jerusalem saying, where is he who's born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star and have come to worship him. And upon first glance, it would appear that the wise men arrived late. I mean, they got there, and the historians tell us that he was about two years old by the time they showed up in Jerusalem itself. They were not even yet in Bethlehem, so it not only appeared that they that they showed up late, but they also showed up at the wrong place. Somebody say, oh boy. You see, have you ever uh, been invited somewhere, and, and you showed up late? And, and Or have you ever been invited somewhere, and you showed up in the wrong place? Hmm. Okay, I got I to gotta tell a story. Now, this is not a cop story, but my brother Ken, who plays the piano, this was a long time ago. Uh, this was around April Fool's time. And I didn't tell this story in the first service. I totally forgot about it until now. But I remember uh, back around April's, April Fool's time, I thought I'd play a great joke on my, my brother Ken and his family. So I said, hey, guys. Uh, you know, I was a real estate guy back then, too. I said, hey, guys, we, uh, we just bought a great house in this Wyoming. Wyoming's a neighborhood, and it's this huge Victorian place, and man, uh, it's a warm day outside, and we're inviting you guys to come out with us and go for a swim. We've got this nice 20-foot pool in the backyard, and my brother Ken was like, what? I was like, oh, yeah, man, God's been good, and and so we just want you guys to come out. You don't need to bring anything. We've got the grill covered. Stop by the store, get some of those floaty things. Bring your trunks, bring everything you can to swim. We're just going to have a good time, maybe in about an hour. Somebody say, oh boy. So what had happened was, <laughs> I totally forgot. And so about an hour, maybe two hours into it, I was just cruising along doing my own thing. All of a sudden, I got off a call from Ken. Hey, Daryl, uh, we're, we're still looking for the address and we can't find it. Whew, somebody say, oh boy, indeed. And so I had to humble myself and say, Ken, uh, it's not my fault, but it's the woman that God gave me. She told me to play this trick on you. And- <laughs> It was a bad invitation. And today, uh, we're looking at conflicting invitations. And in fact, uh, the wise men had a conflicting invitation. Uh, God had invited them to go on a journey, a long journey. Actually, it tells us that it was over over uh, two years that it took to get to where they were headed. Uh, but that was an invitation by God to come and to worship and to get to know Jesus. And so we also see, as we look at this passage, that, that King Herod also gave an invitation. But his invitation was one of a sinister nature. Uh, he was out to destroy the king of kings. And so in your life, 
life and in my life, oftentimes, and if you haven't experienced it already, you will come along and there will be conflicting invitations. There will be on one side that you'll, you'll hear a passion and something growing on the inside saying that you should follow Jesus. Then on the other side, there'll be something that's saying, ah, don't bother going to church much in 2020. You can just chill out and lay back. It doesn't really take all of that. Conflicting invitation, conflicting invitation. So again, as I said, it looked like that they showed up at the wrong place at the wrong time. And as they walked in, I imagine that they were, were, were tired and, and worn out from their journey, and their trip. And they said, where is he who's born king of the Jews? And I imagine people looked and said, what are you talking about? There is no king here. And, and so in your life and in my life, man, oftentimes it looks like uh, that maybe maybe we're a little bit too late. Have you ever ever been going along your journey? Maybe even in 2020 as you're making your plans and drawing up uh, your next steps. Maybe it's a weight loss goal. Uh, maybe it's a goal to do better on your job. I don't know what it might be, but maybe you feel like that maybe you're just a little bit too late. Maybe it seems like that someone just a little bit too younger might have, might have gotten there before you. I want you to know that God knows all and God sees all. The sovereign God who created the world, who created you and I, in fact, knows all and he sees all. Someone says, God knows all. Come on, say it again. Say, God knows all. He sees all. Yeah, and in fact, God knows the big picture. See, from his vantage point, God never gets it wrong. We go through our lives and, and we get involved in the seasons and the moments of our life. And sometimes it looks like that, that we're just that we're just not going to be able to get to where we need to go. And I imagine these guys felt the sting of, of the sense of failure as they thought they would be much further along in their journeys than what they were. They arrived in Jerusalem, and I imagine they probably felt like giving up and turning back. Have you ever felt like giving up and turning back on your journey and on your mission? In 2020, I want to encourage you and challenge you uh, to stay the course, uh, to finish the race set before you. My Bible says that the, the race is not given to the swift, but to the one who does what? To the one who endures to the end. So be that person in 2020 uh, that endures to the end. There's a uh, a common theme that runs through the scriptures that says that, that God who works in us does so to will and to do of his good pleasure. And he knows better than us. So stay the course. Somebody say, don't turn back. Don't turn back. Say it again. Say, don't turn back. Don't turn it's easy to want to turn back in the midst of your journey. Uh, and as I read their story, I imagine they got there and they thought, man, here the star is settling right over Jerusalem. And he's not here, so what's the use anyway? I imagine there were those who started complaining and began to grumble and mumble. And, oh, man, what we, we, we've been traveling along by camel this whole ride. I mean, they didn't show up in the Land Rover Discovery with the air conditioner or the Jeep Wrangler, the one that I love so much. I didn't get that for Christmas, by the way. They didn't show up. They didn't show up. And, man, they showed up after a long, dusty road of travel. I imagine there was great fatigue. The sun was probably beating down. Uh, the journey uh, over a thousand miles is what, what we learned from history that it, that it took to get there. I imagine there were those who just thought, man, I don't know if we even need to try and go any further. He's not here and we don't really even know where he is. The starlet is here. Maybe we just messed up really bad. And so perhaps maybe you can identify that with, your, with that in your plight in life. I know I can. I can look back over my journey and there were times that I thought, man, I just hadn't reached the place that I thought I ought to be. Can you identify with that in your journey with God? Have there ever been moments where you walked along, where you, where you drudged along and where it got difficult and got hot and it felt like that, man, you don't even know if you're even headed in the right direction. All of a sudden you show up and you thought things are going to work out and all of a sudden you find out you're not quite there yet. But that's the story of the wise man. Have you ever been driving along in your car 
and, and, and you're, you're going down the road. You, you're, not, you're not riding a, a camel like these guys were. You're riding in your car, and, and, and you're going down the highway. You're moving along, and all of a sudden, there's something that comes up and tells you that you can't go anywhere. Have, has your GPS ever told you that the direction to go is this way? And all of a sudden, you get there, and you can't pass. You can't go further. And all of a sudden, you have to make a what? A detour. Somebody say detour. There always seems to be detours that come up in my life and in your life that would make it seem as if though going right or going left is the wrong way to go when in fact that's the very way that God wants us to go. Don't let the detours in your life discourage you from reaching and going on towards your final destination. Uh, the wise men had studied for years. They, they didn't know all about Jesus. They didn't, they didn't have as much information as the religious did. Uh, but they were people who were hungry to go to the place where the Messiah would be born and to worship him. And so they set out on their journey and they showed up in Jerusalem. Let's look at verse 2. So they arrived saying, where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I like verse 3. It says, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. You, you suppose... If you were king, you might be a little bit troubled at that. I imagine Herod was troubled because here now they're talking about a king of the Jews who's coming along, who's to be born. And Herod himself thought he was the king of the Jews, in fact. In fact, in history, if you look back and if you read and study, you'll find out that people called him the king of the Jews because of his, his great influence in being able to lead and to rule the Jewish people. And now there was another king that was to appear on the scene. The Bible says that Herod was troubled. If we look back, we can see in history that, that he was a ruthless guy. I mean, he, he not only killed his wife or had her killed, executed. He had three sons, but he was afraid that they were after the crown. And so he also had each one of them killed because he was afraid that someone would take his throne, take the crown. Herod the king was troubled. But the most troubling part of this story is when we read on in verse 3 when it says, and all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. All of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Can you imagine if you were a Christ follower back then, or at least you began to study and find out that Christ was coming down the line and he was the Messiah. Can you imagine being a religious person in Jerusalem? If anyone should have been passionate and longing and waiting for the coming Messiah, it would have been those who followed after the scriptures, who were people who studied. You would think that they, if anyone at all, would have led the charge and heading to Bethlehem to see where the Messiah was and to worship him, but it wasn't them at all. It was actually the wise men who didn't have a lot in ways of how they, they understood the scriptures. But the, the very elect, the ones who were called by God, all of those who were in Jerusalem, they were troubled. Now, to be fair, some of them were probably troubled because they didn't know what uh, King Herod would do since he was such a, a lunatic at that time. They were probably afraid and troubled because they figured that he would come after them as well. And so when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem with him in verse 3. Verse 4 says, assembling all the chief priests... The scribes and the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So what King Herod did was he gathered all the church people. He gathered all the religious people. He gathered the ministers. He, if he were here today, he would have called myself, maybe maybe Drew, uh, maybe Bev. He would have gathered a few people who, who knew Christ was and said, Hey, can you tell me where this Messiah is supposed to be born? He had heard from the wise men as they came into town looking to worship someone. And they weren't looking for him. And so they began to inquire, tell me what's going, tell me the backstory of what's going on here. And so the Bible goes on to tell us that they began to lay out him for him what the prophets said and how the Christ child will be born in Bethlehem. The intriguing thing is, as we look at that passage, is that, that Jerusalem was only maybe five miles away from Bethlehem. Only a five mile journey from where they already were. Those who had already had a system and, and a heritage of loving God couldn't make a five mile journey 
to where the Christ child was to be born. But yet the wise men made the journey. I look at that story and I, and I empathize with those who might have been afraid during that time. But, but I imagine there was also a great deal of comfort and complacency that existed among those who followed God. And so for myself, as I look at the year to come, I'm challenged to, to be sure to not allow complacency and comfort and, and to recognize that there's a cost to be paid in following Christ, but to make sure that I myself am willing to step up and pay that price to seek after and to discover just who Jesus was. It says in verse 7, the inherit summoned the wise men secretly. So, so after he'd already consulted with the religious leaders, he, the, the teachers of the law, he secretly summoned the wise men and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And so he knew that if they were following the star. And if it had taken them two years to get there, then, then perhaps the child would be about two years old. He was interested in finding out just how old the child would be so that he could go and do his dirty deed. Verse eight, it says, and then he sent them to Bethlehem. Who sent them to Bethlehem? Who did it? Oh, no, 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 no. Who did it? Yeah. See, sometimes God tends to work through those who don't always look like the kind of people that God will work through. I don't know what your 2020 year looks like, but perhaps, just perhaps, uh, the very person on your job that you call your boss might be the very one that God works through to get you to where you need to be in a position of honoring and worshiping uh, the Savior, as, as was the case here. It says that Herod sent them on their way, saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may come and worship him too. If you know the story, you know that that wasn't the case at all. Uh, the kids would say, liar, liar, pants on fire. And in fact, Herod, if you look at the story later on in the line, Herod himself made his way to Bethlehem, eventually or at least sent his army ahead, and they slaughtered every child from two years and under in his, his plight to, to destroy the king of kings. But as it says here, he sent the wise men forward and gave them an invitation uh, so that they would send word back to him and that, that, that he would go after and destroy Jesus. Verse 9, it says this, after listening to the king, they went on their way. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. I find it interesting when I look at verse 9, how that the star, that the very star that led them to Jerusalem, that led them to what seemed like the wrong place, that that very star did not appear again until it was time for them to move on to the next place. Have you ever been going along with your journey and, and, and it seems like that maybe God's not listening anymore, that, that he's not hearing you, that he's not seeing you where you are in your journey and trying to figure all of life out. And, and maybe, maybe you know what it's like to, to pray and to, to feel like your prayers are just striking the ceiling. I imagine those guys were discouraged. They were looking up in the sky at some point saying, man, there is no more star. Where is the star? We thought it was going to be here, but it's not here. And then Herod sends them on their way. And then all of a sudden we see that the symbol that God set for them shows up. The star appeared and they rose and they followed. It says in verse nine, after listening to the king, they went on their way and behold the star that they had uh, seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. After listening to the king, they went on their way. Verse 10 says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Can you imagine the joy they must have felt as they saw the star once again. I know uh, for you, if you're like me, I just spent a couple days thinking about uh, 2020 for me and, and, and what my future would look like. I began to evaluate where I was and the things that I needed to change and, and how I needed to get better. And, and maybe you're in that place right now 
where you're looking at your next year and you're thinking, man, I, I need to make more sales than I made last year. I need to, to close more transactions than I did in 2019. Uh, maybe you're thinking, I need to earn more money than I earned last year and do better by my family than I did. And all those are good things. And, and, and just like these guys, you should be exceedingly grateful and, and full of joy about the, the prospect of where God wants to take you next year. And, and I look here as they were excited about the star, but, but I'm mindful of the fact that the star was not the main thing. Somebody say, keep the main thing the main thing. It's so easy to to look at our lives and where we want to be and to get all excited about our job, our career, our relationships, when in fact, those things simply are means to point us to where Jesus is. Allow the things in your life in 2020 to be means of pointing you to Jesus Christ, the risen Savior. And so uh, they set out, and in verse 11, it says, And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary's mother. And what did they do? They fell down. And worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him the gifts. And what are those three gifts? We all know them. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Which gift do you suppose was the most important gift? Come on, you, you can say it, Ella. What, what, what do you got here? Let's take a poll. Myrrh. Some say myrrh. Hmm. Let's take the vote. How many myrrh people out there? Myrrh. All right. What else? Who, who thinks the gold was probably most important? Okay, we've got one. Same guy who was making all the noise before. we got one that likes gold. But, but I, as I was studying this passage here, I saw what I call the fourth gift. Yeah, there's a fourth gift there. See, they offered Jesus the gift of reverence when they fell down and worshiped him. They offered Jesus the gift of adoration uh, when they fell down and worshiped him, which was much more valuable than the gold, frankincense, and the myrrh. Uh, this year, uh, God is inviting you uh, to go on a journey. God himself is inviting you on a journey, those of you who are wise. Uh, he's inviting you uh, to go the distance, to not give up, uh, to endure the harvest as a good soldier and, and to seek after with all your heart to discover all of who Jesus is and who he wants to be in your life. It says at the end there in verse 12 that being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. And, and so rather than go back the route that they were intended to go, And to report back to Herod, they got a dream and said, go in a different way. And sometimes we have to go a different way in order to get to where God wants us to go. Coming up uh, in another couple few weeks, uh, actually on January 12th, we get an opportunity to go a different way, maybe than what we've gone before. Uh, We as a congregation are going to be tracking through uh, what we call uh, the Alpha Course. It's an opportunity for us on Sunday to get together and really just begin to discover who Jesus is and, and what he means in our hearts. We'll come with our questions, our doubts, our faith, in fact, and discover just who Jesus is. And I want to encourage you and to challenge you to take that journey with us. The cool thing is it's not at a different time. You don't have to show up Sunday night at 6 o'clock or on Wednesday at 5 or on Saturday, but you can come right here during your regular worship hour and join with us and take the journey to discover who Jesus is. Bow your heads with me. Uh, Gracious God, I thank you for uh, the lessons from the wise men. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity for us to be wise and to to go the distance, to not give up, even though it seems like the detour is taking us a different way, but to stick with, uh, with you and to follow you until we reach the destination of discovering who you are and who you want to be in our lives. We honor you forevermore. In Christ's name, amen. Let's uh, 